Board Gaming with Education, a podcast for anyone curious about how games and education mix. We explore various topics like game-based learning, gamification, and board games, and the impacts they have on learning. Here's your host, Dustin Statz. Welcome to another episode of Board Gaming with Education. We have a super awesome guest, especially even more awesome because right now he has a project on Kickstarter. The name of his project is called Element Poker. It's a really cool game where he takes the different elements from the periodic table and taps into game-based learning through his Element Poker card game. You can check it out by going to kickstarter.com and just searching Element Poker. But our guest, Jason Bodner, doesn't stop there. He also runs a board game club at his school and talks about his experience getting that started. And he also shares a little bit about his inspiration for his Element Poker game and talks about some science-based games he's used in his classroom. So be sure to stay tuned and listen in to the interview with Jason. Welcome to Board Game with Education. I'm here with Jason Bodner, and it's really going to be an exciting episode because right now he has a project on Kickstarter called Element Poker, and he'll explain a little bit more about the game. We'll talk about some of the design choices he made and making the game for a science classroom. He is a science teacher in Northeast Indiana. So Jason, welcome to the show. Would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? Not at all. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, yeah, so like you said, my name is Jason. I've been in education for like 13, 14 years. Uh, I jumped into admin for a little while. I made that mistake. <laughs> yeah, but uh, back in the classroom now, loving it. Um, and I teach science, computer science, and an advanced uh, topics course. Awesome. So I'm excited to talk about your game and a little bit about what you do with games in your teaching role. But before we get there, what has designing this game, Element Poker, taught you as either a designer or an educator? Yeah, so it's it's been really cool. Um, since I'm still in the classroom, uh, I've had the opportunity to bounce it kind of off of my students. They've been a lot of my, I, I don't want to give people the wrong impression. I don't uh, use them as um, play testers all the time. Like that's not their curriculum. But um, since I taught chemistry, uh, I, I had an opportunity to to see uh, how this game would would flow with them. Um, I've been a, a poker fan for a long time. I've played in the World Series, and no, I haven't really won much, but it's been a good time. And uh, I've wanted to combine science and poker for for a while. Um, you know, as a teacher, you don't want a really complicated game. You don't want a a rising sun or something that takes a while to set up. Uh, and it's a little bit more convenient to have something in the classroom that doesn't take much time to get going and students can still learn. And one of the things that chemistry teachers still do uh, quite a bit is have students learn about the periodic table, try to memorize symbols. Um, and I realized that there's something lacking in, in, out there, uh, basically a game that teaches students kind of through the game uh, how elements are related to each other and why they're important in society. And those are two things that I combined in Element Poker. And it took a little while to get it kind of that, you know, in, in game design, of course, we're interested in, in balance. So with 52 cards in a deck, I had to make sure there were the four major categories, 13 cards uh, in each category, and then uh, the right number of groups for those cards. So there's 13 different groups based on characteristics like uh, used in weaponry, used in electronics. So 
you know, regular poker, you're basically pairing up eights, nines, jacks, whatever. In element poker, you're pairing up elements based on their common characteristics. And yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with how it came out. Um, it's exciting to start something new. Uh, I, I like new challenges. Um, and uh, I'm just excited to, to get it out to the masses. Like I mentioned, I was looking at your over your Kickstarter and a little bit of what, what you said. There's a lot, a lot to unpack. And one thing that I really think that your game does well is is using good elements of game-based learning, which is teaching content through games. I love the simple mechanics of the the game you developed through the poker mechanics. I think that's really easy for a teacher to implement in their classroom. I love that you talked about the rote memorization of of elements and I think that that science-based games like this are perfect at helping learn the elements through a playful way. Yeah, it just, you know, it can be a real grind. I mean, you know, school has been taught kind of the same way. I can get on my philosophy of school for three hours, but I don't want to torture your listeners. But long story short, um, you know, students don't want to sit there with a flashcard and memorize elements. That's just not something they're interested in. But if you hand them a game and say, play this game and see if they're learning through the game, kind of, I don't want to say behind the scenes, but kind of unintentionally learning, you know, that's a great way to to get it, get the ball rolling on something like that. I totally agree. I think it speaks to also in my background and my discipline, which is English language learning. And when I taught over in China, the, I guess the objective of a lot of language learning classrooms was rote memorization, memorizing vocabulary. And I used games to say, to solve the similar problem. I think that that you're expressing is how do we how do we engage learners in a different way to also help them learn or memorize some different elements of the periodic table or in my case vocabulary yeah definitely and like i said I, what's what's cool about the game hopefully is that it's not just another way to memorize but um to really understand you know every element card in the game has a fact about that element an interesting fact and i think the, the students tend to learn or i should say students tend to kind of lose the the magic of the periodic table and why so many of those elements are key in regular everyday life. And again, kind of how they're related to each other. I think we tend to learn things in school kind of on an island, whether it be about the elements or whether it be even about a particular branch of science in general. I, I bother my students all the time with, yeah, I'm teaching you physics right now, but you know, we could be talking about physics of the body. I mean, that's connected to biology, that's connected to chemistry and so on. And, um, you know, I just have a passion for trying to weave in things so that, you know, we don't, real life isn't like that. You know, we don't, we don't deal with one thing at a time. We have to be able to interweave what, what we've understood from different topics to try to solve a particular problem. Right. And maybe you can share a little bit about those design choices you made to help someone who played the game understand either, like you mentioned, how the elements of the periodic table are part of our everyday life. Like I said earlier, there's uh, a lot of different groups that I decided to incorporate into the game. A good example is hydrogen and oxygen make up a pair in the game because uh, they're both involved in being basically essential elements for human life. So if it's an alloy, um, you can pair up those types of elements that are used in different things. And like I said before, all the different element cards explain uh, different facts about them, how they've been used in, in life, or even just interesting facts like aluminum, for example, used to be so valuable 
that they put it on top of the Washington Monument. It was a huge deal uh, way back in the day. Napoleon had uh, aluminum silverware, and it was worth more than gold at the time. So it's not just about the relationships, although that's a big, big part of the game, um, because in regular poker, you're not worried about any of that. It's also just that, you know, that interesting factor. You know, when I look at the periodic table, I'm, I don't know if I'm, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't want to give the impression I, you know, I'm googly eyed and just amazed by it every second of the day. Uh, but to the average person, it just looks like a chart. And there's obviously a lot more going on behind the scenes and a lot of ways that those are used in everyday life. I was also looking at the Kickstarter page and you have a, like a player aid, it looks like. And I love that this kind of player aid would be something you would find in a board game. And once someone plays a board game enough, they kind of have the game, I guess, mastered to a certain extent where they can kind of throw away the player aid. And I feel like that almost is the the process for learning the table of elements. <laughs> Maybe that's uh, the the standard. If someone knows the 52 elements of poker, they don't need that player aid anymore. There's a couple of different reasons for, for how I set up that part of the game. Um, yeah, every deck is going to come with uh, nine sets of player aids. Uh, you know, a poker table can be up to nine or 10 players. Of course, in the classroom, you don't really want to have nine kids sitting around playing the same game. Uh, so that's why I'm offering some discounts for, for classroom sets. But that all being said, you know, I wanted people to have a chance to recognize all the elements that were in the game with just one visual card. And the way that the game plays, um, if your audience, and I'm sure a lot of them are, the majority of them are probably familiar with regular poker, you know, to get a straight, you've got to get five cards in a row, so to speak. Well, since I picked 52 elements that are kind of a scattering of, uh, around the periodic table, it's a little bit diff it's a little bit more difficult to get five cards in a row, and, and the way you do that is through their atomic number. Uh, so since that's harder uh, in element poker, uh, straight is actually more valuable than a typical full house. So that's one of the twists uh, on normal poker. Um, and then to get a flush, you get five elements that are of the same major category. So for example, uh, representative metals or non-metals or what I like to call uh, the oddball group. Uh, some elements that could fit are in certain categories like uh, metalloids, but kind of floating in between. So I had to try to pick uh, 13 elements out of each of those four suits. So uh, with that, with those card rankings, uh, that's that's directly on one of the reference cards. So that helps people understand just the little variations from regular poker and then immediately have a visual to tell them exactly which elements are really in the game. Awesome. So like I mentioned, I am on the Kickstarter page if someone wants to check it out and learn a little bit more about the game. And for anyone not familiar with Kickstarter, that's kickstarter.com and you can just search Element Poker and it'll come up. And I want to back the project. What is one last maybe reason why I should back it? Yeah, I think what's cool about, I mean, obviously we're all biased about our own things, right? I mean, I think you've got a great show going here. I, I love some of the stuff that I've been able to do, some of the stuff I'm like, I could have done it better. What I, what I really uh, am passionate about and, and enjoy doing with, with this kind of project is to me, it really fill, fulfills kind of the heart of what Kickstarter is about. You know, I'm a high school teacher. I don't have thousands of dollars to produce a new game. Um, I want to get something out there that, Yes, I, I hope to, you know, gain a little bit financially, but hopefully helps people. Uh, I used to have a podcast still out there called Principally Speaking. And what's cool is I haven't recorded episodes for a long time. 
and I never gained anything monetarily from that. It was just a really cool way to connect with people and help other educators. And my hope is to build something, build a community. On my Kickstarter right now, I have you know a little over 100 backers. That's been really, really cool. Yeah, there's projects out there with 20,000 backers. But what's been great is I have a chance to message every single one of my backers and say, thank you for backing this project. And there's people from you know, all over the world, literally, that are, that are just coming out of the woodwork to, to, to show that they're interested in something like this. And that's, that's just really, really cool to see. I don't know that I'm going to wake up and be like, okay, I can quit teaching now and, and focus on this. And that's not really my goal. It's just, it's just been really cool to kind of start something from the ground up. Uh, with the help of other people that are that are often educators. Well, you definitely got my backing, and I just backed it. And it looks like, like you said, there's 115 plus me. So that's really, I mean, that's a really good number. 100 over 100 people interested in the project, and I wish you the best of luck with continuing the Kickstarter. When does the Kickstarter end? So if someone's listening to this episode, how soon should they back it? Yeah. Well, first, obviously, I got to say thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, and thank you for backing it. It's really awesome. Uh, the Kickstarter is going to end basically Halloween. So uh, October 31st at eight in the morning is when it goes offline. So uh, anytime in October, uh, if you want to back the project. But like I said, I wanted to be really intentional about giving teachers an opportunity to get this in their classroom. And as a fellow teacher, I know we don't have a ton of cash all the time lying around. So uh, I also offer five decks of the, of the game for 45 bucks. Um, which hopefully is a pretty reasonable cost. Um, and, and then that way, you know, teachers can really see value out of it. Obviously, I appreciate every backing I'm getting. I appreciate even the $1 backers that are just connected to the campaign. Um, if you're only interested in one deck, that's, that's totally cool. But I wanted to make sure that a classroom teacher doesn't have to pay, you know, $80, $100 to get something like this in their classroom because that's just, that's not a thing. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, we're we're a bit limited on our resources as educators. I like I mentioned, I, I reached out to you because I heard your episode with the podcast Getting Geeky with Gamerleaf and I was really excited about this project, so I reached out to you and, or I had I asked Lake, the host, to to put us in touch and I'm happy to have you on. I'm happy to spread the word about a great project like this. You also do some board games at your school. I listened to that episode. You mentioned a little bit about uh, running a club. What else do you do as far as board games go in your role as a teacher? I actually got inspired. I will give a little bit of a shout out to uh, Genius Games. They're a pretty established uh, science-based game company. Um, I didn't get into board games until about, this might be slightly surprising, but about a year and a half ago. I've always been into, I've liked video games for a while. I kind of got rid of that. I've always liked playing chess. And like I said, obviously, I'm a big poker fanatic. And I just got, you know, I got really into Kickstarter and board games about a year and a half ago. Decided to start backing games um, and then really more incorporate some of them into my classroom. And I got connected to Genius Games. I started helping them out at uh, conferences. And they were great about getting me discounted games as well. Uh, so I've incorporated uh, Subatomic into my classroom, uh, Ion, uh, Covalence. Uh, I know I'm forgetting something. Oh, I, I gave the uh, biology teacher in my school Cytosis. And I just was like, this is really, really cool. Um, I, just a different way to learn about things that, 
that aren't on a, on a lecture. <laughs> yeah, there's really great videos, but kids need, kids need something different. I mean, they're sitting in school for seven, eight hours a day. And uh, I just really got into the whole thing. Um, then I couldn't stop. So, uh, you know, Kickstarter's tough. You got to stop backing things. So, um, yeah, I'm up to like 57 things I've backed, uh, but I've got like 20 board games on the way to my house. And, uh, it's a problem because I'm kind of running out of storage at school for board game club, but yeah. So, uh, I turned it into a board game club about, uh, I would say towards the end of the school year last year. Uh, it's really grown this year. Uh, this Friday is the end of our nine weeks. So we're going to have kind of a marathon session. So after school till like eight thirty nine at night, we're just gonna be playing games and eating food. And it's just a blast. The kids, it's just really cool to see the kids just try new games. Uh, take them home. I even let some of the kids take them home and really learn them. And then they come back and teach them to the other kids, which is great. Cause like I said, I have a board game addiction, so I can't learn all these games on time. I, yeah. It's just been really, really cool. I mean, when students walk in and they see board games in your room, they're like, okay, what, this is not your average classroom. You know, I mean, that in itself kind of sets a tone. It doesn't mean we're playing board games all the time, but I, I just love seeing students kind of challenge themselves learn something new, meet new people and, and grow from that. That's really awesome. I think I, I want to follow your path and find some students who can teach me some games as well. Yeah. It helps me out. Cause I'm like, I just, <laughs> you know, when you get really, I, I bought too many, let's just be honest with ourselves. I bought too many, uh, three, four hour games and it's, it takes a lot of time to, to, you know, sit through a 20 page rule book and make sure you understand what's going on. Right. I mean, it's, it's like, you just have so many that you can't, you know, you're, you're limited into ones that you can play and bring to the table. I've been having Gloomhaven sit there for a while. I mean, we got through halfway of the campaign and I want to start it again, but that means three hours a week for a year <laughs> to finish the campaign. And then that's like my choice for the long game for the week, you know, but I, I totally agree. I think board games, like you said, they, they give students an opportunity to interact and engage in a meaningful way, whether it's like part of a unit or even just a after school board game club that you do at your school as well. What are some, maybe, have you seen any benefits from students? Uh, are there anything, or is there anything they kind of tell you about the club or things they're excited about? You know, it's, it's, for me, it's kind of a passion for a few reasons, kind of some, like I already said, just the social aspect. I think, you know, I'll be, to be pretty blunt, I mean, I wasn't the most popular kid in school and I wanted to give kids a, a different avenue for those that they just, they needed something else. We have a, an e-gaming club and there's a good amount of kids that go to that. Uh, my good friend, Tony runs that, but we were still lacking something for, for a lot of kids. And I had kids tell me, you know, I have other games that, that you don't have, you know, miraculously in this club and I'd love to bring them in and teach other kids how to play them. And, and that's just the, the coolest thing to just sit back and, and see that happen and see kind of friendships go. And then once the club is over, I hear kids say, Hey, you know, come over on Sunday and we should play this. And you know, it's just, it's just really cool to see, even though, I mean, I'm not talking about 300 kids at school. It's about probably about 15 kids regularly, but that's plenty rewarding for me. I just love seeing it. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I I've done like English Corner with board games and I did a little bit about a little bit of a after school board game club when I was in LA a few years ago. And it's it's it is super rewarding just to have students, 
you, they enjoy themselves and they they interact with each other in a positive, meaningful way. Definitely. Do you have any advice for a teacher that wants to start a board game club at their school? Yeah, I do. I would say don't do what I did and just, <laughs> I guess, advice for the general human. Don't just buy endless board games <laughs> um, that you can't keep up with learning and, and, and playing with your friends. But uh, that that still ties into a board game club. You know, start simple. Um, I'd start with your your chameleon, your werewolf, your uh, uh, code names, uh, games like that that take hardly any time to get going. They're a lot cheaper, and they you know the social type games like that really start building your camaraderie in the club. Deception at, and you know Murder at Hong Kong is a great game to get going with that too. Just start simple. Don't uh, don't overdo it so that you get your money's worth out of anything that you invest in. And speaking of that, you know, I've I've learned kind of after the fact that there are businesses that are willing to, you know, even if it's a, a, a board game uh, business, as far as uh, somebody that sells board games locally there, if you go to them and ask them, can I can I get something for my club? They're going to help you out uh, a lot of the time. They're also willing to come in and do demos for games. Don't spend a fortune. And, and like I said, I've got kids that are willing to bring games in as it is. So it's worth asking and seeing if you can start it from from there. Uh, you do not need to have, you know, 100 board games or whatever I have in my classroom to to get your club going and get kids interested in what's going on. All that is really, really great advice. Um, maybe <laughs> it's hard advice for myself to follow, too, as I like to buy a lot of games. We made our move back to Taiwan and we knew we were moving for about uh, like five months, which means I had to go five months without buying any new games. No oh boy. <laughs> I bought a couple like small travel games, but yeah, it was, it was tough. Now I'm in LA, so I might start getting some new ones. But you also mentioned something that I like, I want to kind of iterate on is you talked about using games like Werewolf. And I think those social deduction games are really awesome, like starter games for creating those crazy moments of like, can you believe that? student can you believe blah 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 was the werewolf and then you kind of share that experience throughout and that kind of brings in more engagement and fun into the club yeah definitely um yeah i just students tend to think they get kind of nervous about something new um and you want to try to see if if students are willing to try to join your club you don't want to throw a really complicated game at them you want to get something that they're involved in right away uh, you don't have to worry about rules. You just get started and, and they get to know each other and just have a good time. Exactly. So any other like final words of advice or anything else you'd want to share with anyone listening before we go into our final segment question? Yeah, I, I guess I would just say if you are interested in creating your own game, um, we live in a really cool time. <laughs> you can get connected to anybody out there. Uh, it's It was really an organic thing how I got connected to you, Dustin. And uh, take advantage of that uh, and reach out to me. Um, uh, again, I, my company's Engage Games. You can find us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, whatever. I'd be happy to help anybody out. Uh, I love to kind of pay it forward, so to speak, and re, re, you know, repay people that kind of indirectly help me as well. So if you've got a question about any kind of part of the process, uh, whether that's a board game club itself or you have a game idea, uh, let me know. I'm I'm learning right through this Kickstarter, and I, I just it's cool to I, I've kind of 
hopefully, you know, kind of model it for your students that you're willing to take a risk and and try something new and be willing to, you know, just connect to, to people that you don't really know from all over the country and the world in order to grow something. So I just encourage anybody, if you think you have a good idea to try to start something, don't don't let it slide because it's we we networking is just awesome nowadays. Right. I think you hit it spot on. And I want to echo that is is definitely reach out to others if you're doing something like a Kickstarter and and do a little bit of research and ask around. It is super awesome that we got connected and I'm excited that we were able to share this conversation and hopefully a lot of people will learn a bit from it. And before we go, we have a couple more things. So the final segment question is, if you were stuck on a deserted island, what three board games would you bring? Yeah, so you mentioned uh, Gloomhaven earlier. I mean, I kind of thought about the you know this question because you know you're stuck on a, des- a, a deserted island. You need something that's going to take up a lot of time. So it just makes sense to me to take Gloomhaven. <laughs> Hopefully, it fits on the raft right without going through or whatever happened there. And then uh, I'd probably you know if I'm I mean if I'm alone, I can at least play Gloomhaven solo, right? And then um, if anybody's with me, probably like Twilight Imperium, because, again, that takes a good eight hours per play. <laughs> and then uh, the newest game that I've uh, – well, there, there's a, it's a tie between two new, two newer games that I really like, and that would be uh, Detective City of Angels, and I'm also a big fan of Black Angel. So I don't know why they both have angels in their title, and that's like a weird coincidence. But uh, I like space games a lot. Um, one of the ideas I have is a, a space game in the future, hopefully – and um, I think that those are my top uh, three and a half there. Three and a half, nice. <laughs> I like the the space. Maybe we can expect an astronomy-based game from you in the future. Yeah, I don't want to, I mean, you know how it is. I don't want to give away all my secrets, but I'm, I'm excited because uh, there's, you know, space games do pretty well. There's a lot of cool stuff out there. Um, there's cool stuff coming all the time, but uh, hopefully... It's a little bit more involved in my my uh, element poker here, so that's going to be a project in the works. Awesome. We'll we'll look forward to that. I know there's uh, one out there that that was recently kind of making noises. Oh, I don't know the name. Something about discovering planet X. Yeah. That, you... uh, oh, you're gonna. That's gonna bother me because I just backed it. How can I not know the name? Uh, I'm gonna have to look it up live, like an unprofessional here, because it's gonna bother <laughs> me. Uh, yeah, the search for planet X. Ah, that's uh, right. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I literally just backed that this morning. Uh, really cool game that uh, ties in. I, I don't work for these people, but uh, Foxtrot Games uh, came out with this game that um, ties an app uh, into basically using astronomy g- techniques to figure out where a planet is. Pretty cool. So there we go, right? The addiction can't stop. I'm like, well, I don't need to back anything. And then something pops up and oh boy, too late. <laughs> I've already clicked the button. <laughs> so again, Jason, thank you for coming on the show and I'm excited for your game. Before you go though, where can, if anyone's interested in backing it, we talked about it a little bit, where can they go or where they can they reach out to you if they have any questions? Yeah, so it's uh, it's really easy to check out the game. Uh, all you really have to do is head to element.poker. Uh, that'll take you directly to the Kickstarter um, and you'll see a video there of my goofy face uh, explaining more about it and you can ask me questions through my profile there, 
Or, of course, uh, again, the company is Engage Games. So uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I'm also on email at jason at engagegames.net if you prefer to just email me directly. Either way, happy to connect to anybody, anywhere. Uh, questions, con- uh, comments, suggestions, whatever. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Jason, for coming on the show and sharing a little bit about your game and what you do with your board game club. No problem at all. I really appreciate it, Dustin. Thank you for listening in this week. If you liked what you heard, be sure to let us know. You can find us on social media as Board Gaming with Education or BGE Games, or email us at podcast at boardgamingwitheducation.com. If you want to support our podcast, be sure to check out our support page on our website. As always, teach better, learn more, and most importantly, play more. Thank you for listening, and until next time. All right, we just have one quick announcement before we end this episode. This week, we are releasing a cross-cast episode. That's just another episode that we did with another podcast, and that podcast is called Games in Schools and Libraries. So we're super excited for this cross-cast, and it will be coming out five days early. That's because we're lining up our schedule to release the episode at the same time as games in schools and libraries so next week's episode will actually come out this week so you get two episodes in one week this week and if you are super excited you cannot wait for the next episode be sure to join our patreon you can go to patreon.com backslash board game with education and for just a dollar you can receive the next episode a whole week early so we have two episodes this week and then the next episode won't come out for almost a week and a half. So if you want to get it early, be sure to sign up to our Patreon. And as always, thank you for tuning into Board Game with Education. If you do enjoy the episode, subscribe, like it, review it, share it. And as always, if you have questions, be sure to reach out to us at podcast at boardgamewitheducation.com.